The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good morning. This is Aaron Stroud of W2O Group, the host of the What to Know podcast, and uh, I am here in Austin today interviewing Hugh Forrest, who is the now Chief Programming Officer of South by Southwest. Welcome, Hugh. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And, uh, you know, this is take two here. Um, We just started talking about this, but you started, and now I actually have some information that helps me with this. Uh, You started with, today it's called South by Southwest Interactive. Uh, It was originally South by Southwest Film and Multimedia Conference. You started in 1989, which now I guess is close to 28 years, if I'm doing my math right. Um, what initially interested you in that and then what's kept you interested because, you know, I think the average job span today is like two and a half years, especially for millennials. So, uh, I'm curious to find out your, your answer to this one. Well, a, you've dated me that I'm no longer, uh, or I'm not a millennial, um, clearly not a millennial and, and raising the average job length significantly by my tenure. Uh, I initially came on board South by Southwest. Um, I was the first paid employee. Um, I came on board because uh, I needed some more income, and it was an interesting, intriguing thing. At that point, 1989, South by Southwest was much, 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 much smaller than it is now. Um, the, the, The funny story of my involvement, I got hired because I had a computer and they didn't. Um, and we say that's an interesting uh, uh, lesson, or the, the lesson is the importance of having the right hardware at the right time. Um, why I have stayed involved uh, is, A, I've, <laughs> I've actually quit many times and come back, as, as we have, uh, a lot of us have with our jobs, but B, uh, you know, I always, uh, we, we go through the event and I see like one or two things, God, I want to fix that. It's almost there, but it's not quite there. And so it's always this, this uh, quest to improve it a little more. And, um, uh, I, I guess I'm kind of a, perf- a perfectionist at heart there and, and always see things that, um, need a little or a lot of improvement. Um, beyond that, it is a, uh, as, as difficult a job it is and as, as hard it is to work for eight or nine or 10 months on a week long period, it is incredibly, um, emotionally, uh, gratifying and fulfilling when, when people tell you that they've had a great experience, that they found a new job via South by Southwest, that they made a new friend, made a new business connection, met their future husband, met their future wife. It is really, really neat to be involved with something um, that uh, has emerged to be that big and have that much impact on that many people. And um, that is a very powerful, uh, a very powerful force in keeping me with the event. Yeah. Speaking of meeting interesting people um, last year, so 2016, not this most recent event, uh, you had the privilege of hosting a couple of fairly prominent folks uh, the President of the United States, Barack Obama, and his uh, lovely wife, Michelle Obama. What was that like? And I know you're a very Zen guy, getting to know you a little bit better than uh, the average bear. But you know, was there a little bit the night before of a freakout moment, or were you just like, you know what? I met a lot of really, you know, important and and cool people. And how were they as people? You know, just in, in getting to know them a little bit. 
it was a great experience last year having them both involved. Um, the uh, the angle with the president we'd worked on for several years, um, and uh, it the the timing turned out to be right last year. Certainly, part of the factor was that that was his last year in office, and that that. Um, uh, he'd wanted to do this for a while, get involved with South by Southwest, and it, it made more sense. Um, uh, again, that process of getting him involved um, uh, started was, was a three or four month process. I don't think I ever really had a you know oh crap moment. Um, uh, it, it, there was a little bit of an oh crap moment um, a week before uh, because, as you may recall. Nancy Reagan passed away, and we were um, very worried that uh, the president would need to attend the funeral. Um, uh, certainly, the protocol turned out to be first lady attends a first lady funeral, so that uh, fortunately did not interfere with the trip. I uh, was fortunate enough to meet the president for about a minute backstage before uh, he went on stage. Um, very personable. He talked about how much he loved Austin. Um, he had, as the story goes, he had just been to Torchy's Tacos, which put him 20 minutes later than we expected him to be. But um, again, big fan of, of Austin. Um, great to meet him briefly and then met him again uh, after his presentation. Um, Michelle Obama that was something that came up relatively on the fly. That came up about uh, a month before South by Southwest. Uh, whereas the president has a, um, they have a system down for traveling. They've done it enough. They have an advanced team. Uh, uh, the first lady is is not that <laughs> not as polished a machine there. Um, so that was uh, had a little more bumps along the way. Um, but was able to meet her backstage, uh, before the event as well. Uh, the thing that she said, um, which will stick in my mind for a long time was she said something like, thanks for putting up with, uh, me and my husband over the last week. <laughs> and, uh, uh, then she went on stage and, and had this great discussion, which in many ways was equally as powerful, um, and uh, moving as uh, as what the president had said a few days earlier, and in, in the context of where we are on May second, you know, the focus of her uh, presentation was this "Let Girls Learn" initiative, which was one of her pet projects. Um, and as we know, as of yesterday, that that initiative um, is is no longer being pushed by the by the Trump administration. But again, it was great to have them involved last year. Was was certainly took the event to a different level, and, and even beyond that, just set a tone for the event that was was a really special tone. This idea of of, of community interaction, of tech people, of other creatives in in various industries using their skills to to make America, make the world, try to make it a better place. That's, that's a great message and a great feeling. You almost said make America great again, right? <laughs> <laughs> How ironic that would be. Um, we just, so in that vein, you've had an opportunity to meet some of the most amazing people in the world. Um, and I don't want you to dish, you know, people too hard, but out of the last almost 30 years, 
one of the, the highlights beyond, you know, Michelle and, and Barack Obama and maybe one of the lowlights, maybe someone that you expected was going to be really good and was just a total jerk or just was not sort of who you thought they were? Uh, you know, lots and lots of highlights this, this past year, the 2017 event, um, being able to meet Vice President Biden before his talk and hearing his talk, which was the only one I heard of the entire event or the only one I was sat in the audience for about, um, the cancer moonshot. And, uh, as with most people, I've had, uh, people in my family have been impacted by this disease and, and it was just incredibly powerful and incredibly moving. So that, that sticks in my, uh, mind a lot. Um, uh, others that are very important. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Meeting him at South by Southwest five years ago, albeit briefly, was fantastic. That was one of the ones where, um, you know, we, we had confirmed Bruce as a music keynote. And um, I've seen I've seen 20 or more shows. I'm one of those nerds who's traveled all over the place to see him. And I, and I was saying to myself, God, I don't want to watch his keynote because I just fear it's not going to be very good and it'll ruin my impressions of him. And my gosh, he gave a, an absolutely amazing keynote. If, if you have a chance to listen to the podcast or watch the video, you should watch it. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I was I was absolutely amazed and somewhat of a precursor to the, the his autobiography book from last year. But um, again, uh, really, really enjoyed that. I'm also, you know, uh, a big fan of someone like Joey Ito from the MIT Media Lab, who's spoken at South by Southwest several times. Um, really like uh, Joey as a person, also like the, the arc of his career and everything he's covered. He's now at the MIT Media Lab. Before that, he was at Creative Commons. He started, or, or at one point, um, was a DJ. And in fact, there have been times in Austin at South by Southwest where he's DJed the MIT party, which, you know, I, I mean, I think that totally is kind of the quintessential South by Southwest type experience. So um, uh, I could go on and on with others like that, but I really enjoy people who are authentic, who are passionate about what they do, who have many different talents, um, who enjoy talking to an audience and, and sharing their creativity. And that's a great formula, I think, for, for the kind of success we've been able to, we've been fortunate enough to enjoy at South by Southwest. So I don't know if you're avoiding or not, but anybody that you've thought, eh, I probably won't have them back or... Are you a don't kiss and tell kind of person? <laughs> I, I'm less not. I'm less uh, about not kissing and telling, and more that I've got a short memory. Um, y- you know, there there have been people who uh, are you find out are a little more diva than than others, um, but that comes with the territory. Um, I, I try not to um, let that in influence me too much long term. You know, forget the bad stuff, remember the good stuff. Um, again, we've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of really great people, and that's what I tend to try to focus on. Fair enough. That's that's a that's a good answer. Um, speaking a little bit more high level now, I want to ask you two questions about you know next year and sort of how you're broadening. South by Southwest has become a platform. You've expanded to education. You know, you moved into Las Vegas. Um, I think you're doing some things with other brands, you know, over the course of the year. But 
what are you looking at as you know the next five years? What does expansion look like? Is that you know more days in Austin? Is it more cities? Is it more tracks? Is it more industry foci? I guess is the correct uh, Latin way to say that. Well, I think the the thing that we started uh, a little bit with the 2017 event, which will push on for the next three to five years, is is trying to make a a less segregated and more coherent um, convergent event. And what we what I mean by that is uh, when South by Southwest started in 1987, it was a music only event. Then we added. Uh, film and multimedia in 1994, and, and multimedia eventually changed to interactive, for uh, the name changed to interactive. So for 20 years, we had these three main wings, main tenants of the South by Southwest brand, and um, we organized the company and we organized the events such that these were very separate from each other. <clears throat> um, and that generally worked. Um, and it, it, it was very much reflective of that world from the, the 80s and 90s, that you understood what music was, you generally understood what film was, and you kind of understood that the technology thing was kind of out there and and they're doing some interesting stuff, uh, but who knows. But, but where we are in 2016, 2017, 2018, is that um, for, so much of our lives for so many brands for so many elements all those uh those that music film interactive technology is all combined into one the 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 segregated walls that we had built don't make sense anymore and and some examples obvious examples here i mean think of a company like spotify is that a tech company or is it a music company? Well, their content is music, but it's a tech backbone. Think of Apple. Is it a tech company or is it a music company? YouTube, is it a film company or is it a tech company? Um, uh, so many examples like this where uh, companies of the kinds of speakers and creatives that we want to feature at South by Southwest straddle these lines and, and they aren't segregated and so why should we be? So I think what we in what we implemented and instituted this year was that the badges had much more functionality if you had an interactive badge you could attend more film and music stuff music badge film and interactive and so on what i think we'll see in three to five years is simply one south by southwest badge um and and that again recognizes that the bottom line here is creativity that that kind of creativity is central to all these industries, as well as these other industries that you mentioned, health, education, transportation, um, you know, uh, emerging virtual reality, AI, all these different things. There's um, the spans, these, these various industries, and there's a commonality of creativity there. So, uh, so on the one hand, uh, that's a big push for the next three to five years to go to one badge. I think, uh, two, something that I know that you guys are involved with is we'll push a lot more into healthcare, um, health, healthcare. Uh, we see that in Austin with our new Dell Medical School. We see that uh, we, we feel that, that will have a long tail over the next decade, two decades. And South by Southwest has always been a very strong reflection of what is hot in Austin. So as healthcare 
emerges as an Aust- as an industry in Austin, I think that South by Southwest will reflect that more and more. I think as well, it's obvious that we need to go more virtual. Um, we, we, we've somewhat maxed out on people that you can get in Austin in March. We need to make it easier for people around the world to experience, to enjoy that content, whether it be during March or whether it be during year round. So some pretty significant challenges there. Um, that said, I, I, I feel we've, uh, you know, we're, we're on a, a pretty good run at this point. We've been lucky to get some really great speakers in the last few years, and I think we're in a good position to, to make some of these changes and improvements over the next few years. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing them and hopefully, um, you know, helping in, our, in any way we can help. Um, you touched on some of these subjects as we were talking, and I think um, you were mentioning you think this year QR codes and uh, <laughs> dial-up and fax machines are going to be big tech. No, in all honesty, you do a very early process for your panel picker. It opens up actually during the summer and closes during the summer. I think it's June or July and then closes in August. Um what things will you be looking for, you know, sneak preview as we're thinking about 2018, you know, what topics are hot on your mind in terms of places where you're really wanting to dig down on uh, different panels and keynotes? Well, you mentioned we have this interface called the South by Southwest Panel Picker, and we've been using this for better part of a decade to kind of uh, crowdsource a lot of the, the content. Um, I think it's a... Well, I think it, while the interface has its flaws, I think it's a, a great way to, to leverage the strength of the community, and, and that's that's really important. It's also um, uh, works as very well as a barometer of what's interesting, what's trending, uh, what's micro-trending in the industry. And, and as an example of that, uh, for the panel picker that we did a year ago, um, we saw something in the neighborhood of 25 proposals that either had the word chatbot in the title or the description. Now, what's interesting about that is for the 2016 panel picker, I two years ago, there were zero <laughs> proposals that had the word chatbot in the title or description. That aligns with um, you know the release of Facebook Messenger, all that's pushed in that area. Um, so, for the 2018 panel picker, you know, if uh, if you're if we're thinking that Facebook has that strong a reach, which I think it does, the fact that Facebook is pushing a lot on um, AR uh, at this point, I think we'll see more AR proposals in there. Um, something that I've I've really uh, watched the last week, 10 days, as we're seeing all of a sudden a lot of flying car stuff with the Uber convention in Dallas last week and various other things. I think we'll see more of, uh, you know, I think we'll see a half dozen or a dozen proposals on uh, flying cars. Now, that does not, a half dozen or a dozen proposals does not make a widespread trend, but it is, if you compare it to the year before where there's nothing, it, it shows that something is on the horizon there. Otherwise, again, we'll see a lot of health stuff. We'll see a lot of AI stuff. AI was particularly huge this year at South by Southwest. I think that will continue to grow um, and, and above and beyond flying cars. I think you're going to see continue to see a lot of 
sessions on uh, changes, disruptions of the transportation system, self-driving cars. Uh, you know, our, our friend Elon is doing the Hyperloop. He's now talked about this boring idea of drilling down beneath highways. So again, lots of interest in the transportation stuff. So a few quick reactions to that, you know, get out your flying car panel recommendations, <laughs> make sure there's diversity, right? Um, I think that uh, I agree that, you know, augmented reality AR will be interesting. You and I were talking a little bit about this before we started, probably more so than VR, just because it's a little less clunky, a little easier to pull off. And, uh, you know, what would be really interesting, maybe we could do an experiment on this would be to look back over the last 10 years and actually look at the trending in submissions and then map that to what actually happened in the industry. And my guess is you probably have a pretty good bellwether of what's getting submitted versus what actually takes hold. So maybe we can do a joint project on that at some point. Yeah, I think there's some, uh, that would be pretty fascinating to to look at some of that stuff um, uh, and see if those microtrends play out. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, for better or for worse, uh, the, the panel picker in some ways plays into the overall um, trend and hype cycle that, that, that so much of technology falls into. Um, we were also talking before the taping began about about VR, and I still think VR will be big. But I but I also think that one of the biggest challenges VR had it has is that it had so much hype, and when you have a technology that has so much hype that doesn't instantly deliver on that hype, people um, you know lose interest. Um, now that may still happen with self-driving cars because I think there's still a gap between the hype that we have now versus when that will actually be on the highways maybe not as much of a gap um but again uh you, you know the 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 hype cycle is real and it's always something to deal with too in terms of thinking about next technologies yeah no and that's one of the things you know chatbots i have worried a little bit about because i think we're closer than we were certainly when we talked about vr early days and self-driving cars but um sure but it's still very you know the chatbots very tip of the spear um very early in terms of eventual functionality of ai um but that said pretty amazing in terms of how far this stuff has come in the space of 12 months yeah yeah no truly um and you know just to make the uh analogy you know, you started as the internet started actually before the World Wide Web started. I remember the World Wide Web starting and being amazed that you could go and actually see pictures and connect, you know, pages versus having to do uh, Gopher. Remember Gopher and Internet Relay Chat, which became Messenger, you know, ultimately what we have is Messenger. Um, but if you do think about it and how fast it's already started to take off, it is, it is quite amazing, the velocity of it. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit because one of the things I like to sort of highlight on the What to Know podcast is you know, who's influencing the influencers? And you have exposure to a lot of these folks. So sort of a two-part question, you know, who inspires you or has inspired you? And then I like to drill down, this is building the library for all the listeners out there, myself included, you know, any business books that you've been reading or, you know, have read over the last couple of years that you're like, this is one that I really want to recommend to the folks that care. Well, in terms of inspirational people, you know, I mentioned before uh, meeting Joey Ito and having him speak at South by Southwest. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, clearly. Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I, I what I take from Bruce and what I get inspired from Bruce is just the energy and and uh, 
And I think that's one of the biggest things I bring to South by Southwest is I, I have a perseverance that maybe other people don't have. Um, in terms of who's influencing the quote influencers, you know, I really loved the book from Kevin Kelly last year. Um, uh, I first got exposed to that on the Tim Ferriss podcast um, and then read the book and, and, you know, had to put it down every 10 pages or so to kind of digest. But that's a great book. Um, his most recent book about uh, the trends that are shaping the future. Um, you know, I also that Tim Ferriss podcast is, is, uh, just great. And I'm proud to, to see and to say that he taped a couple of episodes when he was at South by Southwest this year, but it's a great way to, um, hear a lot of influencers ranging from, you know, again, Kevin Kelly, Mark Andreessen, um, people, uh, like Shay Carl who have been involved in, in, um, uh, uh, vlogging, um, uh, I also tend to read a lot of, uh, you know, skim a lot of Recode, a lot of uh, TechCrunch. Um, I will say that I get, uh, for better or for worse, I get a lot of my news from Reddit, from the, the Austin forum there, from the tech forum there. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think like a lot of people, I do a lot of skimming. Hopefully that ends up uh, providing some kind of holistic understanding of the, of the future. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Those are good sources, and it certainly I draw upon some of them myself. And uh, I think you mentioned, by the way, Shay Carl was the one that has inspired you to do some blogging recently. So four, uh, four, we blog four times a week. Is that it that you have to do? Uh, it wasn't Shay Carl. It was it was uh, Seth Godin. Oh, Seth um, Godin, right? Sorry. On a podcast with Tim Ferriss from last summer, where he talked about uh, if you force yourself to. Um, to write something every day, uh, it will strengthen your opinion, strengthen your your uh, opinion making decision, and that uh, that will make you a better person, quote unquote. So, having listened to that, I decided to start a project on Medium, where I would write four, four paragraphs every day. Um, I haven't been so good the last month, but before that, I had a pretty good run where I did about four months straight. I've always wanted to be a writer when I grow up, so this is a good start to try to do that. Uh, I like the medium format. It's very easy to use, very easy to link to, very easy to to tap into other people's networks to get traffic that way. For me, you know, trying to become a better writer, trying to trying to publish on medium is also a reflection of where I think we need to to improve as, as South by Southwest. For a long, long time, we've said we are this neutral platform that just puts stuff out there. We set, we, we provide the table, you guys bring the food. We're, you know, that's our role here. I think that we are finally coming to understand, to realize, to accept, to come to terms with the fact that we're not just a uh, a uh, the person who provides the platform, the the organization that provides the platform, that we are an active uh, a party in this, and that that uh, by deciding that uh, or by showcasing President Obama at South by Southwest, we set a tone, set a vibe, that type thing, and, and we uh, so are learning as an organization to become more comfortable with um, predicting trends, forecasting trends, helping set trends, understanding that power. Um, that may seem obvious to listeners that we've had that power. Again, internally, 
um, we've not always accepted that role. Well, it's hard. Sometimes I think you want to be hands off enough so you don't over, you know, steer over course correct. And there is an element of sometimes waiting and sort of seeing what the flow is going to be before you do insert yourself. And maybe you waited longer than most people would have. But I'd argue that, you know, getting involved and understanding that is is pretty powerful. Um, last question, which is more of a fun question. And normally I ask, you know, what album would you listen to if you're stuck on a desert island? But given the fact that you're part of one of the largest, largest festivals that includes music in the world and have already hinted at the fact that you've seen some pretty cool VIP shows, I would love to sort of drill down and find out, you know, who is that one artist or show that you saw that was just blew your mind and maybe that's the analog is if you could listen to that one band, that one show forever that, you know, that's, you know, who it would be. So when was it, who was it and why was it so special? Well, uh, we've been fortunate enough at South by Southwest, particularly over the last few years to get more and more big name acts to the event. And, and, you know, third time's the charm. We'll mention Bruce Springsteen played at South by Southwest five years ago. I'm a huge Bruce fan, was able to see that show. That was special. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the great values of an event like South by Southwest is the discovery aspect, um, where you find something totally unexpected and partly because of that unexpected factor just simply blows your mind. And that's, that, those have been some of the most memorable shows that I've seen at South by Southwest over the years. Um, maybe three or four years ago, uh, as an example, maybe three or four years ago, I saw this um, three-piece kind of punkish heavy band from Beijing called Go Kart Go, I think, Go Car Go. Had no idea who these people were. I had no idea we were even going to go into this club. The club next door was too crowded. We went into this thing. You know, there were 50 people there, uh, which wasn't a small crowd, but wasn't packed or anything. And, again, seeing a band from the other side of the world that could have been from the U.S., seen in a language you couldn't understand, but you could get the vibe kind of of the, the anger, the teenage angst, the whatever. I mean, that's incredibly powerful to me. And that's, that's always the, you know, the, the takeaway that I, that I have from South by Southwest. One of the takeaways that I like so much is there is this commonality of creativity from all different kinds of people from all over the world. We're lucky enough to get them to Austin in March and, and seeing that kind of thing is what really inspires me um, to, to keep working at South by Southwest and, and to keep trying to, to push even more creative people at the event. So that's really fun. Well, I love ending on that note, and uh, it's one of the things I love about Austin City Limits as an example, you know, that big name bands and then the discovery. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O Group, host of the What's No podcast. I've had the pleasure of spending the last half hour with Hugh Forrest. I could have spent another half hour easily if he would have indulged me. He was the chief programming officer of South by Southwest Interactive. Hugh, thank you for spending time today. Thank you. It's been fun. It has been fun. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.